On this week's Behind the Idea, we're going over to the short side. Mike and I attended the Case Learning Shorting Conference in New York on December 3rd, where fund managers from around the world presented short ideas. We're speaking with several of those fund managers about their ideas and about the process that led them to pull the trigger. We start with Matt Stomsberg of Bowdoin Home Capital. He pitched a short thesis on Ebix, an insurance software provider that has been a long-time bull versus bear battle. We go over the details of the case on this interview, including how he came to it, how it might go wrong, and his past experience with high short-interest stocks as well as high-growth names in general. Before we roll the interview, I want to let you know that Behind the Idea is the podcast that looks at what makes great investment analysis work. My co-host Mike Taylor and I look at investment ideas from the Seeking Alpha ecosystem shared by investors from around the world. Nothing on this podcast is meant as investment advice of any sort. Mods, it's short ebix as discussed. I have no positions in any stocks mentioned. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Behind the Idea. We're starting our case learning shorting conference coverage, interviewing fund managers who presented at the case conference in New York their specific short ideas. I'm Daniel Schwarzman. I'm handling this call alone, but I'm speaking with Matt Stomsberg of Bowdoin Home Capital. He is a Europe and North American focused investor and fund manager, and we're discussing a US-based short. Just before I get started, I want to make clear nothing on this call is meant to be investment advice of any sort. So Matt, welcome on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So just before we get into the idea itself, can you just give us readers who may not be familiar with you a little bit or listeners a little bit of background on your your fund, your investing background, anything else relevant to the idea we're going to discuss? Sure. Yeah, I can I can start with my background. So I launched my career in, in 2003 uh, as an activist loan only fund uh, for one of the bigger European uh, firms at Hermes. Um, based in London, uh, where I lived 18 years. Um, and then I moved on to a, become a partner at a startup run by Matthew Wood called Lancaster Investment Management. Um, and subsequently, I had a short stint at uh, running money for or being part of a, a team at Talisman Global, who's run by a, one of the richest British families called the Paris family. I was there for 18 months before I joined Pierre Johansson, which is my CIO who uh, founded the uh, Home Capital. Uh, in 2015, and they are we're running a, a European biased global fund, but focusing predominantly on, on, on Europe and North America. And uh, we've been going uh, for a little more than three years. We have uh, up years every every year, and uh, this year is, is no different. Okay, wow, impressive. So let's let's jump into the um, the idea that you you presented at the case conference. Just quickly, what is the idea? What's the basic fundament of the thesis? What, what's, what's your thesis here? So the case, uh, the company we will present, uh, we have presented on is uh, called Ebix. It's a ticker as well, Ebix US. Um, it basically started out as a, uh, as an insurance, insurance exchange, creating software, uh, for insurance companies to outsource. You know, it used to be a roll up story focusing on taking cost out of the business. Uh, and now it become more of a, a roll-up story trying to perceive underlying growth, uh, we believe. Um, and uh, and uh, it's uh, it used to be quite interesting because the way we, we follow a lot of these cases um, and track them over time, and, uh, and in 2015, when we first came across eBay, they had some accounting red flags, um, they had some corporate governance red flags, 
uh, and uh, it had no leverage and there was not much visibility in terms of how the accounting unwounded. Um, however, today we still see the, the accounting and, and corporate governance rent flags, but I think the difference is now we start seeing deterioration in underlying business um, and the leverage is now three and a half times net that EBITDA um, if you just for current and non-current earn-out liabilities. And uh, we think there's a much higher visibility as well that this will unwind as we speak. And, and there's also some nervousness uh, has occurred in, in the share prices as, as one can see today. So the, the corporate governance and the accounting red flags, this, I, I remember EBIX was a big battleground back in the day. What is, but it, but it also seemed to be one of those battlegrounds that ultimately the, the bulls won. It's been a very impressive returner. Absolutely. So what were you seeing and what actually, what does that actually mean for the, we'll get into the business now that you're saying is deteriorating, but what, what does that, what were you seeing and what were the sort of, why wasn't that playing out in the trajectory of this? I think, I think, I think, you know, it was a successful roll-up story. And if the market is a raving bull market, then I think you can, you can get away with, with, with buying growth. And, uh, and I think that's what EVs have done. Um, but if you, if you, if you, if you look at the U.S. Uh, business, which is the traditional uh, insurance exchange business, we have seen that uh, we have seen that underlying growth has started uh, deteriorating. Um, so uh, it was down in, in performer in Q1 2018, but too big a gap down here in Q3, um, which we feel very compelled about to see the underlying deterioration in the business. So that's we normally break down our shorts with Lex and triggers, where Lex is basically the, the quality, uh, can say, and the meat on 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 the short case, and and the triggers is how how it's going to unwind, um, and. Um, and and then we basically, you know, we, we see a couple of interesting things that the counting continuing to be to be deteriorating. Um, we rate the counting from one to five, um, and the high goes up the PNL. The the more red flags and higher numbers we we, we score it. And now we believe that the EBICs are, are portraying uh, higher revenue growth than what it actually is. Um, and I guess you need to do that also to 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 keep the valuation high. Um, and, uh, and we, you know, we've seen some underwater capital deterioration, unbuilt receivables going up, um, and the third re- revenue minus ASC 606 is declining. So we think there could be some, some, uh, revenue pull forward. Um, they're changing some, uh, reporting from, 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 from net to gross, which also boosting the top line. Um, and then I think the very, very interesting thing for roll-ups uh, and why there's a very interesting environment right now is when you start seeing leverage getting to quite high level and it's now approaching four times net that EBITDA, which is uh, normally uh, software businesses in, in historically have really run quite quite strong balance sheets. And, and now we think that it becomes more difficult for them to, to do M&A. So, so we feel like the, the catalyst or the triggers as we rate it is, is pretty high for the business. They have a quite, uh, yeah, they don't have to do the work with a, uh, the auditors is, is not uh, one of the big fours. Um, they changed the, the auditors in Indian audit audit firm, uh, which oversee the uh, oversee the audit of a, of a small audit firm in, in the US. Um, the Indian audit firm has never audited SEC accounts before or overseen it. So we think that's a that's a that's a red flag in itself. Um, and uh, uh, and we we see we we've done a lot of interviews um, with people on the ground, both in the U.S. and and in India, and uh, we're hearing about intensified management turnover. And we believe that you know they need to to continue this roll-up story to to keep the case case alive. And as I said, uh, we think that's that's much more difficult now where we are today. So, is the company actively? 
still acquire have they been acquiring businesses even through 2018 and now we're at a turn where they're not going to be able to well they're acquiring businesses as we speak um i think they started they started the engine um roll-up story in early 17 so it's relatively fresh and we think the case for this to you know and i think the company is now uh required to um basically ipo the Indian business have been quite vocal about it over the last couple of quarters that they're trying to seek at some point when certain metrics are, are fulfilled, revenue size and margin uh, size, then they will try to IPO it in India. And we think that is a requirement for, for them to keep the, to keep the, this, the story intact or, or the roll up uh, case alive. Um, so we think it's much more of an requirement and, and we, we follow that very, very, very interesting. And, and, uh, if you hear the language now, you know, they're clearly changing the, uh, the timing of, of when this, uh, this IPO is happening. Of course, there's, essentially there's election in, in India, uh, first, first half next year. And we think that's, that'd be very difficult to do it before then. Uh, and, and therefore, given that the change of auditors, given that the underlying business is deteriorating, given that I have a very strong balance sheet now, and uh, and we think the the, the counting red flags is also getting getting worse. Uh, we think the timing of, of this short is, is 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 pretty good. Just you you mentioned the IPO and it, so they're being required. It looks like to or no no they they, they 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 want to do it themselves. Um, they've they've been talking about it. I think this first time to talk about it was in Q four seventeen call. Uh, then when they started uh, where they announced that they their intention to IPO the Indian business and uh, that will be around March nineteen. Now it's been pushed out to in the Q two eighteen call to second half nineteen, blaming it on the election in India. Uh, and uh, and now they're put on some additional requirements and they, they need to hit revenue uh, run rate of around 450 million dollars from 286 in Q318 um, and uh, it requires an override margin of, of 30 percent plus um, so we think we think it's a whether it's a choice or requirement that's our question we have we think it's most likely more of a requirement um, so they can continue the roll up story uh, and the businesses in India what we're hearing is that they're not getting integrated well no, but this is a brand new business they're acquiring, right? So this has been going for on on for a little bit more than than than, than twelve months. Um, so it's a we think it's it's, it's a very, very steep task they put themselves ahead, and that that will probably be you can say the risk to the case. They managed to pull pull it off and and IPO the assets and get a very good valuation for it, and uh, I think that's difficult. But it's also interesting to try to understand you know, what is the the assets they're acquiring of of, of this uh, Indian business, and it's. It's it's you know there's everything from a forex kiosk as you see in seeing you see in uh, you see in the airports. Um, right. I think that's a particular growth business. There's a e-governance business. There's e-learning business. There's money uh, remittance business. There's a travel travel a tra- online traveling company. There's a it's cash uh, where you get you, you know, prepaid cards and and, and do bill payments. And we don't think the businesses, is, the individual businesses are bad, but we, we just think that it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's just a you know, bunch of small, smaller assets that they're putting together and, uh, and hoping to propel a overall uh, growth story. And, and when we basically look at the, the growth and we try to estimate it ourselves, we think those assets combined is going no more than, no more than 10% from organic, organic perspective. Well, so so the the thoughts I had were the 
with the IPO, does that allow them to, or is there any other way for them to deleverage when you talk about the balance sheet? I think, think, think the asset they acquired is, is, is not strong assets, uh, and particularly in, in the US. We see, we see underlying declining business. I think that can't fetch a very high valuation and, uh, and they haven't done much with those Indian assets. So we think the, you know, the valuation they, they will be able to achieve is, uh, is, is not going to be, not going to be, be, be significant. Uh, and there's no, uh, there's no synergies either between them. Um, and we think so. We think the story has changed. We think you know they've gone from doing something that makes, potentially makes sense in the U.S., where they rolled up, uh, you know, these uh, software businesses around the insurance industry, um, where they were taking costs out, which makes sense, uh, and run it more lean, um, to going now to you know to trying to chase growth um, and, and create a, a growth story. We think that's very very difficult to do um, to reinvent yourself and. Um, and uh, and yeah, so we we believe that's a, that's a very interesting behavioral change. So the other thing, just quickly on the the growth story, you you mentioned organic growth, and that's obviously with roll ups, that's always sort of a question. Is there is your when you're trying to analyze these underlying or what is the is this eventually something that turns into a steady grower, or are you are you seeing actually that on a fundamental organic basis, the, the businesses are actually not growing at all. We think the Indian business has some growth. There's no question about other that we think that's growing around 10% organically, but we think the U.S. business is declining, and there's a, a number of changes there which we're having from um, which where we see where we see growth in declining, and you can see that at the latest quarter um, where we where we see okay, this including FX, but the underlying growth is down on performer basis eight and a half percent, but five. Uh, around five percent of that was was effects so call it down three underlying uh, in the in market which you think is is, is fine eh? so if your business is declining three percent organically we think that's that's something something wrong um, um, and that makes us uh, makes us uh, you know uh, you know more excited about the case uh, from a deterioration point of view okay so so speaking of deterioration we when you pull up the stock chart the last two months it it, it was sort of flat for most of the year and then all of a sudden it fell off the table and a lot of the market has but it seems like there's something specific going on to ebix and i guess mike how are you looking at this position going forward given that it's already moved it would seem quite significantly in your direction yeah. what are you, what's your sort of outlook that's a great question um so firstly why did it, why has it already started deteriorating the share price i think this it happened when they changed the auditor um, i think it was the fifth of fifth uh, of the october when they changed the u.s audit firm to a Indian uh, audit firm. Um, and I think that's very interesting for us because uh, finally you start seeing people getting concerned. The share price deteriorated significantly uh, on the day, minus 20, 20% on the, the following day on this announcement. And and that makes us excited. We feel like that as the sentiment changes, people look at the stock differently now. Um, and since then we had the, the Q3 result, which was the first quarter where we feel like the underlying growth was, was down. Um, again, so we feel like that's that was very supportive. Um, so, so there's two, two, two can say two cracks uh, we have seen. Uh, they talk about uh, on the audits of front about changing to a big four audit firm in some point next year, um, uh, which would be welcomed by, by the market. But you know they could do it this year. Um, the claiming it is uh, it's a very expensive, um, and you know it's a 1.7 billion market cap. So we think they, I'm sure they can afford. Uh, a quality, quality, quality auditor. So we don't really buy that excuse. Um, and uh, and the Indian auditors, 
you know they're now a big Indian business, um, and so that's that's the reasoning for 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 choosing choosing them. So yeah, we thought we thought, just thought that you know these cracks are something would make us quite excited uh, on the trigger front, and all these are happening as I said earlier. You know, the adjusted net EBITDA is now heading close to four percent. Um, so we think the wiggly room, or you can call it, you know, it's it's getting quite tough. Um, so so yeah, that's why we 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 think that the case is, is significantly more interesting today, despite uh, the share prices come under a little bit of pressure. But we always look on the short side for for evidence that things is going to start working, um, and and we definitely see that now in our opinion. So was this was this a position that you had been considering for a long time? Or what was sort of absolutely what what are the mechanics here? Walk us through how you kind of what led you to take the position so we have followed it since 2015 we saw there was uh, some um you know there was some uh, accounting red flags on, on various on various levels uh, there was some corporate governance red flags as well um and, and we are very excited about those um but you no know, the way we work is that we always have to have some sort of a trigger for the shorts to work because we don't believe that you can stay short something for two or three years it's very difficult unless it's, it's structural declining business uh or, or the case is, is working over the period um so we always want to we always want to have a relatively near term trigger as we call it for the for the short to work um and um and that is uh firstly could be the markets that care about about the concerns we've had and we thought there's very interesting development on an order to change um and two you know we know it's a roll-up story we, we love shorting roll-ups uh, which coming to an end and and when you have the high debt level you know it's 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 just what makes us uh, extremely excited um, because it's difficult for them to 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 do another transformational uh, deal, which can change the which can change the paradigm for for why we short. So, should all that added together makes us makes us very excited. Um, and uh, that's normally how we think about all all the shorts. And, and we would rate you know and triggers like four, four out of five uh, on, on EBIX, uh, um, potentially even higher. Um, but it's uh, it's it's the one which we feel feel very comfortable about you know it's been good to us so far but um given that you know these points are highlighted makes us uh makes us very um say, much more um higher conviction in terms of uh, of the case playing out so maybe to sort of go to the flip side what is what what concerns you about the position you mentioned you know potentially pulling what, what 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 what? How could this go wrong? I think they, if they manage to successfully IPO the Indian business, I think that will um, that will of course uh, be supportive for for the longs. There's no question about that, um, and that that will be by far the main risk we are, we are looking at in this business. Um, and then, you know, they can appoint a, uh, one of the big uh, forwarded firms. Uh, you know, uh, this will not be the first time that happened before, and, and that might uh, send the stock up uh, on the day. Um, but we think it's definitely not going to change anything. So we're less concerned about that apart from, you know, managing from a risk perspective. Um, so, so, you know, our biggest concern is, is basically that it's, uh, you know, that the, the IPO, uh, the Indian business, because that can sort of help uh, put a plus on the balance sheet. And what's the timeline for that? When is that that'll supposed be, to play out? Be, uh, late, late, uh, late 19. So we're going to think, we think we're going to have a two or three quarters before. Um, to see okay. that. and uh, as I said, you know, we we're seeing the deterioration happening now, um, uh, so that makes us uh, makes us make us very excited. So maybe my last question is just about because Ebix was a battleground; it's a little bit less so now. How do you sort of 
how do you enter into, you know, I, I could ask this about a number of different stocks and I don't know what else, but how do you enter into that? How do you step in and feel that you have a differentiated view or how do you manage that? That's a very good question. Um, you know, we firstly, we here at Bordenholm, uh, we are not afraid to short high interest short names. You know, um, there's no, you know, if, you know, if you're wrong on the case, uh, it can be painful, particularly if the stock is cheap. Um, so it's very important for us to have a high margin of safety from a risk reward perspective and make sure we have a, a strong case as possible. And then, as I said earlier, we have to have the, the triggers lined up. And, uh, and if we do that, then we are very happy to take on more shorts. Um, I think what we don't do is that we try to stay away from very high growth stocks or stocks where, you know, it has a very low gravity to reality of, uh, of fundamental value because we find that, you know, if you don't get the quarter right, um, you know, it can cost you a fortune. Um, and, you know, a lot of companies, uh, uh, of funds are, are battling that out. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, create a, a short book here at Bordenholm, um, overseen by, by Pierre Johansson is to, is to make sure we can make alpha on the short book or underperform the, the markets in any kind of environment. Um, and we do that with a mix of more uh, sporty shorts, potentially like Nibix. Um, we find some other interesting cases, you know, 75% of our shorts has some sort of an accounting angle to them. It could be, you know, pulling revenue forward. It could be, you know, deteriorating working capital. It could be roll-up story coming to an end, which has been very aggressive and onerous uh, account provisioning or, you know, lapping uh, massive uh, one-off gains and won't be repeated, etc. You know, we always find something uh, an additional lack an excitement level to something which is already structural and pressure or where there's already a significant uh, deterioration happening in in the space where the company uh, is operating um and and uh, and that's how we you know how also we we found ebix you know we, we we looked at the case uh, followed it for a long time told you uh, for the reasons why we think timing is very good now um and uh, and that's how we in general we we look at the shorts um and then you know we we sit down. We have we have a nice little short team. Um, we are we are we are three uh, guys, uh, four guys together, all in total. Um, so we we are we we have very very good deep resources with a couple of friends and accountants working with us as well on top, which is outsourced, and uh, and that's overseen by 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 Pierre Johansson. Um, so yeah, so it's a small small little little enterprise within. The, the long short book, um, and and then we we you know we have a have a very interesting team by the way, and on the long side, which uh, invests much more concentrated than we do. And of course, uh, Pierre, he he then sits there and makes sure we don't take any any unwanted risk on on a portfolio level, uh, which he has, has been successfully doing for for the last three years and a bit. Have you had a case where you've been on the wrong side of? You mentioned the the growth story, uh, the idea absolutely. of it has. Is any notable like cases of that happening, or is it just something that from time to time will pop up in your short run? Well, absolutely, that's uh, you know we I can give you a couple of examples, but you know take an example of a shorter Danish company called Ambu, A M B B U. It's basically yeah, have these small devices competing for uh, reusable. Uh, Scopes, um, which you which you can put in, in inside your body for various different ways to to have a look what's going on inside, um, and they came with a with a single use product which you throw out when you when you, when you used it. Um, the total addressable market is huge; they're growing very fast. Um, but we thought the valuation was wrong, um, and uh, and we lacked the hindsight now and those early days of our our life uh, of Bodenholm 
we lacked what we called the triggers um, and and uh, and a couple of strong quarters uh, sent the stock up 100 plus percent mm. um, and as there's, there's countless of other examples which, which we have looked at or wanted to get more with or the cases were appealing um, and uh, you know take a, another company like Energen in the US uh, I think it's a it's, it's an, another case where you can we, we, we think the the addressable market is not completely understood well um, but um, um, but we got, uh, you know, we started shorting that one in 17 and it went, it went up more than 200% <laughs> before it right. started coming down. Yeah. And, and that just highlights the risk uh, going for those growth stories. You know, the, the, the short cases sounds obvious. It sounds great, uh, when you, when you read it back and, and think about it. But, you know, we need to, we need to see how it unwinds. And that's what we spend a lot of time on. Um, and the same on accounting, you know, all accounting is not equal. We, we, we work with something we call time-defined accounting, i.e. the running out of road, the continuing to do the same thing we'll be doing. Um, and that's very, very important to make sure we, we, we get that right. Because there's many companies with overstating earnings, uh, but if they've been doing it for the last three, four, five years and the end market is good, you know, the short is not going to work, most likely. Um, so you need that extra oomph to make sure this case will unwind. And, and normally, our time horizon on the, on the shorts is, you know, we, for us to see the case start working is, is normally three to six months. We want to see the cases, is, we see evidence, a small supportive evidence that the case is playing out. And then, you know, we can stay short for, for, for multiple years if we have high conviction. Particularly on some of those a bit more stable roll-ups, which is coming to an end, you know those those you can you can you can you can be short for for quite a while. Um, yeah, yeah, I I imagine we'll we're, I mean the roll-ups kind of have dating back to Valiant, if not earlier. They do they do blow up, but it does seem like we may be at a turning point where there's less. They have less margin for absolutely. error. And that leads to yeah, that, that was cheap. That was cheap. Um, people are bullish. Um, you give them benefit for the cash flow uh, two or three years out of business they haven't yet acquired. You know that can happen in bull market, but when the, when when things turns, uh, people become more risk averse, and everyone will focus on on the underlying business today. Um, I also think that many of the roll up stories today do not get the do not get the benefit for deals anymore. Uh, versus how the, how it mm-hmm. so so it's a very interesting environment. That's, that's a big uh, battleground for us to to you know to find find new ideas in, in Europe and, and in North America. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Mads. Really appreciate you okay. speaking with us about this, and uh, uh, hope we get to do it again sometime. Thanks for listening to this Behind the Idea. We have another interview coming up shortly with a case conference presenter, as well as our recap episodes. Stay tuned. You can subscribe to Behind the Idea on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review or email us at btipod at cpalpa.com. We love hearing from you and work to improve based on your suggestions and feedback. This has been a Seeking Alpha production. Thanks for listening, and see you next time on Behind the Idea.